This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. This episode is sponsored by The Path, the coach-guided membership designed to help you make alcohol small and relevant in your life by removing your true desire to grab that next drink. Our science-based, compassion-led program allows you not only to shift your behavior and your relationship around alcohol, but more importantly, uncover and reprogram your subconscious conditioning and neural connections that have been keeping you stuck for years. With daily live breakthrough coaching, an intimate and supportive community, regular peer-to-peer connection calls, and a complete vault of resources, this is where your path to total freedom and effortless enjoyment of your new way of life begins. Join us at NakedMindPath.com. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast, and I am here with Angela. Welcome, Angela. How are you? Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad. So why don't you sort of take us back to the beginning in your journey with alcohol? Where did it all start for you? Sure. So in seventh grade, my, um, my grandmother had passed away who I was very close to. Um, I was also struggling with some feelings and emotions, um, surrounding, uh, a traumatic event that happened when I was 10. I didn't know how to control my feelings. So I started controlling my food. I started restricting my diet. And then that kind of led to my friend and I deciding to get into her mother's liquor cabinet. And we would start mixing drinks until we got sick. Um, That, you know, continued on. And by ninth grade, I was full on bench drinking Um, every weekend. I was the girl at the party who would throw up and be in the bathtub. And that kind of continued on through my 20s and even into my 30s. And it didn't really stop until I had a health scare. And that's when I started realizing, you know, this is not the right way to live. Oh, interesting. So, so when you were in, you know, ninth grade and binge drinking, were most people around you doing the same thing? Or were you kind of feeling like, huh, this is different for me? Or how is that working? Yeah, I mean, most, I lived in a small town. And so we would, you know, on the weekends gather around a fire and just drink and have country music playing. Like everybody was doing the same thing. And then you went on to sort of um, graduate. And when, when all this was happening, was there any, ever any point in time where you just didn't want to uh, drink anymore? Or were you always just like, yeah, this is just what what I'm doing. This is helpful and good for me. No, there was a point in my high school um, life where I was dating an older um, boy who his mother was very religious and they didn't drink. And for about a year, probably I didn't drink and I felt really great. But then it was like the pool of the excitement just brought me back into that um, life. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, so then after high school, where did, where did you go first? So after high school, um, I, you know, just continued drinking a lot, mostly on the weekends. I was in college and had a job. Um, however, I found that, you know, I really wasn't liking the person I was when I drank. 
I would cheat on every boyfriend that, you know, almost all of the boyfriends I had from the time I was in high school until I stopped. Um, and I was dealing with a lot of, um, of heartache because this wasn't who I felt like I was. And so I was hurting all of these people. I was dealing with a lot of guilt. Um, and I did take breaks here and there. Um, but until my health scare, it, it didn't stick. And then, so you moved, um, and yeah, so what, what happened next? Like after the move? Oh, after, after I was in my twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I moved around. I went from relationship to relationship, um, just really feeling lost and, um, using alcohol as a way to just numb out and not have to deal with all of these things that I've done. So now not only was I trying to cover up the trauma, but now I'm dealing with feeling guilty about all these people I'm hurting and just everything. It's, it was just, you know, a big domino effect. And then um, I actually became pregnant at age 23 and was with a very abusive um, partner. And I ended up having to flee from his house um, when he wasn't there and take our baby with us. Um, and for a while after that, I was really, you know, just focused on health. And I didn't drink for probably a year or two um, while my daughter was growing up. Oh, wow. Interesting. And um, when you wrote in, you mentioned something that happened in San Francisco. In mm -hmm. you want to talk about that before we go further? Sure. So um, <clears throat> when I was in business school, I was living in San Francisco and I had never lived in a big city like that. Well, I, I had lived in San Diego, but I had a baby. So I wasn't really like in the scene. When I lived in San Francisco, my daughter was a little bit older. She was probably six. And um, there were times where I would just go out with friends and just, I would get so drunk and black out. I wouldn't remember, you know, where I lived. And one time I woke up in the San Francisco hospital, um, didn't know what happened. And when I talked to the nurse, uh, she had said, yeah, the cab driver apparently asked you, do you want to go to the hospital or do you want to go to jail? And she's like, I guess you chose the hospital. Um, and it was, it was horrifying. And I felt so bad about myself. Mm -hmm. And did you think at that time, like, maybe I should stop or was it? Yeah, I, I did. And it was really hard to tell my parents because, you know, I was a fairly young mom and I never really, I don't know, I got to live in a big city. So I said, okay, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to back off. I'm not going to drink anymore. And that lasted for a little while, but again, it was all with sheer willpower. It wasn't like I didn't have any kind of guidance or anything. I was just trying to restrict it. And then that led me down, okay, well, I need something else. So then I would take Xanax to deal with it, which isn't, you know, any better, but. And then, so, so you're in this, this situation where you're, you know, questioning it. And um, when you wrote in, you said, you know, you just didn't trust yourself around alcohol. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, after about three or four drinks, I would turn into a completely different person you know, I had this wonderful fiance. Um, when I was going to business school, he was at UC Berkeley Law. 
He was um, such a great guy. My daughter loved him. And I really, looking back, I realized I sabotaged our relationship because of alcohol. And he tried so hard to help me. He would try to say, okay, you know, let's have an agreement that you only drink three drinks. Um, and then I would go hide in the bathroom and take shots. And um, I just had no control. And then when he was trying to help me, it felt like I was being controlled. So I kind of rebelled. Um, and then the next day I'd wake up not remembering what happened. And he would ask me, do you remember what happened? Sometime I, sometimes I would be covered in vomit. And, um, you know, I have this sweet daughter. It was just heartbreaking. Yeah. I, um, and, and so then we move on and really, so fits and starts and just feeling like you wanted to change things, but it was really difficult. And then you had this, this health crisis. So talk to me about that. Sure. So in 2015, um, and I had a young uh, baby at this time, and then my older daughter was about nine. Uh, we lived in this beautiful place in Marin County, just outside of San Francisco. And um, we all became progressively like sicker and sicker by the month. And I had, you know, oozing sores on my face. I looked like I was pregnant and I wasn't. My, my daughters were in and out of the hospital. Um, I finally realized it was black mold. Mm -hmm. And um, once the inspectors came and, and read the indoor levels, they were like, you need to leave now. <laughs> Don't take anything with you. Um, and at first that kind of fueled my drinking because I felt so out of control, which seemed to be the pattern is I would drink when I was feeling out of control with my feelings. Um, but then I realized, you know, I'm so near death. Like I could barely walk without having to stop. I could barely breathe. And, um, I was in so much pain. So what really saved me is moving up to my parents' house, um, with my daughters and really focusing on my health. I stopped drinking. I was, you know, doing Pilates, using an infrared sauna, really, really getting healthy. And, um, I finally felt good about myself. Oh, that's great. And so yeah, during that time of, of doing all these sorts of things, did you find it easy to not be drinking? It was at that time because I was living back at the in a small little town. Um, not a lot of people, you know, I didn't have any friends there. So I would literally just work because I worked remotely. Um, I would work out. I would use the infrared sauna and just hang out with my kids and my family. So I didn't really have a desire to drink. Um, I did start dating someone who lived in Nashville and he lived a pretty flashy life with a lot of traveling. And so, um, when I would go see him, I would drink, but I, yeah, I did get out of control a couple of times, but it definitely helped being, you know, remote. But again, I wasn't really addressing the, um, the issues. Yeah. The underlying stuff. Right. And so I have to assume that with that issue with the mold that put you like near death, what, how did that resolve? So I had to, um, you know, my doctor basically said, you need to stop drinking period because my liver, because of the medication I was on, I was on several different medications to try to detox and for the pain. Um, 
And she said, you just, you cannot drink because your body's at like a toxic load and it's, you know, it's going to be really bad if you don't stop drinking. So I listened to her. And then, um, for about a year when I was at my parents' house, I got really healthy. Um, and I ended up uh, winning the lawsuit against the landlords who, you know, had the moldy house and felt like I was ready to move back to, um, Marin County. And I did maintain health um, and that kind of healthier lifestyle for quite a while. Awesome. And what sorts of things were you doing to help that along? So I was going to Pilates like three to four times a week. Um, I also, because Western medicine failed me with the mold detox and trying to get that under control, I started seeking out alternative forms of healing. So I started studying um, mysticism, shamanism, advanced energy and healing work. I had you know, several mentors and that just became like my focus. So anytime I wasn't with my kids or working, I was you know, either in a healing session or learning um, <clears throat> all about these new spiritual um, tools. And then I learned how to meditate and go really deep and that, just really, I finally felt like I met my higher self and I finally felt comfortable in my body. Um, and that was a big shift in my life. Awesome. And, and what was happening with alcohol during all of this? So I, I rarely drank, I would go like three or four months without drinking. And then sometimes I would have my girlfriends over and we'd have a dinner and we would have some wine, but I was never drinking, um, at home by myself. When I was there with my kids, it was just us and I never drank. But then if I went and visited um, my boyfriend at the time in Nashville, then we would drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what happened next? So then I met um, my husband and we decided to move um, about 45 minutes north of Marin. And at first, oh, I was, and then we, you know, we decided to have a baby. So I was pregnant. So it wasn't really an issue at first, but then, um, COVID hit. I also went through a really horrific family law incident with my ex. Um, and all of that pushed me over the edge and I just felt the darkness coming back. Um, my husband and I, you know, we were just drinking a lot of wine, trying to, (laughs) deal with all of this. He lost his job due to COVID. Um, and I just felt again, really out of control. And, and then I realized I still actually had quite a bit of healing to do. Mm. And so how was COVID like in your house at that time? So we have, um, a teenager, she was being home, you know, she was doing her own homeschool, but it was, I could tell she was feeling depressed, not being, you know, at school. And then we had um, my daughter, she was in kindergarten and then his daughter was um, toddler age. And then we had our infant son. So it was really difficult to be stuck inside with all of these kids trying to do homeschool. Um, And yeah, I mean, we just, I I just kind of drank wine. I would wait until about four or five, but then I'd be like, okay, it's time to have my wine, you know? And then it would be one or two bottles you know, later. 
So you talk, when you wrote in, you talked a little bit about like an incident uh, before your rehearsal dinner. Can you tell about that? Yes. So um, the night or the day of my rehearsal dinner, I found out um, the outcome of our family law um, issue. And I was not happy about it at all. I was really, really upset and heartbroken. And I had, you know, so many friends and family around me and they were just handing me drinks, which I accepted, obviously. And I ended up just getting so drunk that I was vomiting um, in my hotel room for, I missed the entire rehearsal dinner. Mm. And then um, you said basically that your wedding was a blur and then your honeymoon was just equally as painful. And yeah, I'm sorry. No, you go, you tell. Um, yeah. So the next day, um, I was so scared that I was going to vomit during the wedding. So I had to take Xanax and I drank champagne and I just remember it being a blur, just trying to hold it together. Um, I remember the drive to, um, half moon Bay, just drinking wine because I was so anxious and, um, and then the entire honeymoon was like that as well. I was just full of anxiety. And the only way I could make myself feel better was to drink or to take, you know, medication. Mm. You said that you kind of felt like your light was going out. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, about six months into COVID, I really started feeling like my light was being dimmed. I also, because I experienced postpartum depression with all of my kids. So my son was still pretty young. I still had postpartum depression. I could not access that light that, um, that I had been experiencing up until this point during meditation. It was really hard for me to connect in. Um, I just felt dark and I felt like I was starting to lose myself and lose, you know, that connection with my higher self. So it took about... I would say a year and a half of doing that for me to really um, recognize that all of the work that I had done um, to change my life around was, you know, being thrown away and that I had so much to give and share. And um, <clears throat> I had these beautiful children to take care of. And I just wasn't myself or at my best. I would sleep in because, you know, drinking wine the night before made me feel tired and sick and hungover. And then the only way to feel better the next day was to have another glass. So it was just, I realized one day that um, I just couldn't do this anymore. And that's when I actually found your app. Awesome. Cool. So how did that, how did that go? So it, it did take me a few times, but I loved um, the community aspect of it. And if I failed, I would write to the group and just say, you know what, I, I messed up and everybody was just so supportive. And um, it was exactly what I needed because I have like an analytical, logical mind. And so by learning what alcohol actually does in the body was like, mind-blowing like after I knew that I was like I can't I couldn't have a glass of wine without thinking about it and just slowly it was like I don't want to be doing this to my body so um, and then I told my husband about it and my mom and for the first time ever my mom 
was able to stop. Um, my husband was able to stop. It was just amazing. Oh, that's so cool. That's very cool. So mm -hmm. how are things now? Um, great. I mean, I feel at my best. Um, I, you know, I just don't have the desire after I learned like what it does to your body. It's like, it really took away feeling good because I just knew, okay, I'm poisoning myself right now. <laughs> um, and it's made me so much healthier. I have so much energy. I wake up, you know, excited to get the day started at 6am. I have so much energy for my kids. Um, and so, yeah, I'm in a really, really good place with that now. No, that's awesome. So what, what sort of things do you think, uh, have you gotten back in touch with all of the, the stuff that you were doing before in terms of the healing and the, um, the wisdom that you're accessing? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just like, it's actually a little bit stronger. Um, I've been continuing learning. Um, and then now I actually like teach it and share other women, uh, share with other women, how, you know, the things that I did, um, to transform. And I tell everybody about your app and your book. And I just, I'm like, you have to do this. Like, it's the best. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. And how has it been for you sort of socially? Um, socially it's, it's been okay because I mean, fortunately and unfortunately when I moved here, I was pregnant and very sick. So I didn't make a lot of friends. And then we had to, um, uh, there was a really bad fire season. So we had to keep evacuating and then COVID hit. So I never really made any friends here, which is both good and bad. Um, and so I don't feel that pressure socially and I'm able to just, you know, if I'm around it, I, I don't like need it. I don't crave it. And, um, yeah, I just, I feel like there's so many more important things in life now. Um, and now that I'm back into that place and I realize now when I'm feeling out of control, that's, what's going to set me off. So that really helps. Yeah, that's such good awareness, such good understanding of yourself. I love that. Um, mm -hmm. So before I ask kind of the question that I end all of the podcasts with, what, is there anything else you, you want to share about your journey? Um, I don't think so. I just, um, yeah, I just encourage people to try to tap into that higher self and just, you know, without that guiding light and like that North star, it would have been really hard for me to see where I was heading and, um, pull it back in. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So Angela, if you were going to go back in, in time to, you know, the Angela who was sick through her entire rehearsal dinner, and then, you know, trying not to throw up on her wedding day, and you're going to talk to her about how life is now, what would you tell her? I would have told her, you know, you can't control everything and everything happens for a reason. You can't connect the dots, you know, looking forward, but you can looking back and everything's going to be okay. And it will be better when you're able to be in a sober, um, you know, mindset with the strength of your higher self. Mm, that's so great. I love that so much. Well, this has been just awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your story. It's just yeah, really great. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate it.
It's Scott Pinyard, head coach here at This Naked Mind. Are you ready to make instant changes to your drinking? The answer is not in restriction or deprivation, and you don't need more self-control. I am here to tell you that you can break your patterns and habits and finally feel liberated from alcohol. You can return to a life where alcohol is small and irrelevant for you. It's a non-issue. Take it or leave it. Annie has three secrets to control your drinking, and she and I are going to teach them all live in a special three-day free virtual event. Learn the three secrets to control your drinking and make changes instantly live with us. Don't miss this amazing event. Learn more and save your spot today at controlalcohollive.com. We can't wait to see you there. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today. 